Adam Crowley. Uh, I want to talk about what the hell you guys are doing at Cheesy's because I, I really don't want to Google condoms, noses on my uh, work computer. So The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. So here's what you got to do for this free movie Friday. Buy Adam tickets. You get a chance to <laughs> buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip lines. Adam tickets wants to give you a chance for free movie tickets. Just text Adam, A-T-O-M, for your chance to win. And that's 28661. <laughs> Adam won. I got to redo this. I butchered the whole thing. You absolutely I butchered did. that. I butchered it. I didn't have it up in front of me. Hey, Tom, what day is it? I think it's a Friday. What day is it, Brian? It's a Friday, which makes it, Adam, a uh, free, free movie. movie Friday. The free movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is back. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text BURGER. B-U-R-G-E-R, that's Burger, B-U-R-G-E-R, to Adam1 for your chance to win. That's A-T-O-M-1, standard data and text message rates apply. Oh, well done. Well done. J.R. Smith nails it. Very nice. Yeah. Isn't that just perfect? (laughs) So perfect. I tweeted this out. Did you ever have a sports moment like J.R. Smith? I just had a radio moment like J.R. Smith. Had a basketball moment last night. You can't do an ad read worse than that. In no. fact, Tom, just get it set here because I want it, I want people to know exactly how this went down. I'm stalling for time. I knew I had to do the read. Forgot to pull the read up. So I'm looking at Brian. Help me. I'm looking at Tom. Help me. Talk. Do something. And then eventually they thought, you must have it. I should have had it. I didn't have it. Still wasn't on my phone. So as you hear me speaking slowly, it's me trying to dig through my email to pick up the read. <laughs> and and parse out what you remember from the read from last free exactly. movie Friday. It's Adam tickets. I know that. Yeah. I forgot about the keyword. And the best part is it happens every week. So it's like kind of like I should know. A little bit. I should have it memorized. <laughs> yeah, like you like just like you should know the score of a game you're in. You really should. You really should. Here's my J.R. Smith moment before we talk about your J.R. Smith moments. So here's what you got to do. For this free movie Friday, buy Adam tickets. You get a chance to buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip lines. Adam tickets wants to give you a chance for free movie tickets. Just text Adam, A-T-O-M, for your chance to win. And that's 28661. Adam won. I got to redo this. I butchered the whole thing. You absolutely I butchered did. that. I butchered it. I didn't have it up in front of me. I have people tweeting in their J.R. Smith moments. Chris says, forgot we had switched ends at the start of the third quarter and scored on the wrong basket. Ooh. Saxon said the same thing. Mark said, I caught the ball off a kickoff to start a high school soccer game. I was a midfielder. 
Can't be doing oh, that. Oh no! You had a moment. You've had multiple moments. I've had a bunch of moments. Yeah, one of, one of the big ones was when I played soccer growing up, and I was on a pretty competitive club team, like you know, like outside of rec and everything. So we were in this big tournament to go to Canada to play for the finals and everything, and and we needed to win a game. So I'm a goalie. Penalty shots the game goes to, and I pulled the exact. You've seen videos of other goalies do it. I did exactly this. I made a save on a penalty shot. Jumped up and started celebrating, and the ball just started trickling right back into the net. It's a bad look. Oh, it was so bad, man. So bad. I just wanted to dig a deep, deep hole and crawl in it. Tom, you? Yeah, mine actually has to do with soccer, too. So in eighth grade, I decided just to play soccer just for fun because, you know, my friends were playing it. It was our last year at St. Bernard's, so I said, why not? Um, Didn't really want to run, though, so I decided I would play goalie. And uh, I got put in on a scrimmage one time, and... As you know, as a goalie, you can only handle the ball with your hands in the the goalie's box. If you're outside, you have to play it with your feet like every other player. I didn't know that. So the ball comes <laughs> screaming into the corner on uh, our side, and I sprint out as fast as I can to where like the corner kick is, hit a sick slide, scoop up the ball in front of somebody, just toss it back to midfield. I'm feeling awesome. The kid like puts his hands up and looks at the ref like he was he's in shock, and and all of a sudden... I found out that you're not allowed to handle the ball with your hands outside of the restricted box. Yeah, it's against the rules. I didn't know that. You're the guy who didn't want to run. Why were you running anyhow? <laughs> the best part is honestly how cocky I was when I got up and like threw the ball to midfield. I was like, yeah. I was like, get out of here. Like, back, back that way. 412-922-2874 if you've got some of these moments. They're flooding me on Twitter. Here's one that's really long. I don't know if it's going to be worth it to read, but I'm going to read it anyhow. I'm going to give Ben the benefit of the doubt. He said, umpiring a Little League game and didn't think to watch an 8-year-old to make sure that he touched home plate. Opposing team's coach started yelling at me that the kid didn't touch home. The kid, who's now on the bench with his helmet off, puts his helmet back on and races back to home plate. I called him safe, assuming that he touched the first time. Didn't consider the fact that if he didn't touch, he was clearly out of the play and then should have been called out. His coach told me he clearly missed the plate. Not very significant, but I felt very, very stupid afterwards. Ben, that was a terrible tweet, but I'm happy you finally got it off your chest. Way to go. That's what we're here for. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You know what, Ben? Snaps for Ben. Snaps for Ben. Ben, it's now not weighing in on him anymore. You're okay, Ben. You'll be fine. I did pull another good one, Adam. This is when I was at Radford, and we were playing Virginia. And Virginia's kicking our ass pretty good because that's what we did at Radford was we got our ass kicked by big Division One schools because we were a little <laughs> Division One school. So I make a save and goal. And when the shot had come in, it had broken the strings right at the base of my stick by the pad. And I didn't realize it. So I went to make an outlet. And as I whipped my stick back to throw it for, for the outlet, the ball came right out of the bottom and into the net. And I threw through and everything. And like there was a moment of confusion where I'm like, wait, where'd the ball go? Like, I'm full-on pointed stick forward, think I'm hitting my outlet. Turn around, it's in the net. I just whipped it right back in there. You're really good at scoring on yourself. I Oh, as a goalie, you, you got to do it. And the worst part about it was a lot of guys that I went to high school with were on Virginia. So, like, two-thirds of the attack on the field at that time were just laughing at me. Just like, I mean, we're old buddies. We'd played together for four years, and they're just laughing their heads off. Brian, I love you. But everyone who was on the field was laughing at you. Yes. Well, these guys I could see because I was trying to hide. Let's go to Hunter in Virginia next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, Adam. How's it going? It's good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, so so my, my J.R. Smith moment, um, 
was was a teammate of mine. Um, we were we were playing baseball, and uh, we were about 14 years old, and we were pretty terrible. Um, we didn't win a game that year, and we got we lost by slaughter rule. Um, and a teammate of mine um, had the had the nerve to to ap- after we shake hands, um, dead seriously looks around and asks, "Well, did we win?" And we lost oh, by team no. runs. Um, so uh, yeah, he he almost got punched that day. That's um, awful. Oh no. Yeah, like I, I, that that's worse than not not grand scheme worse than J.R. Smith, but like the mentality, like that's worse. Like we we scored we lost twenty to two or something and he wasn't sure who won the game. You should always know who won. Thanks yeah. for the call, Hunter. Like where in the hell were you, dude? <laughs> what are you watching? Are you smoking the same kind of weed that J.R. Smith was clearly smoking? I'm not convinced J.R. Smith didn't ask the same question after last night's game. Did we win? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Golden State left no doubt in overtime, That's though. Point, yeah. Although he might not have known that they went to overtime. FYI, Tom just totally outed himself as a weed smoker in the last segment. Oh, oh totally he outed did. himself. He did. he did. He's talking about how J.R. Smith likes the dang stuff in Cleveland, but now he goes to the West Coast, and, and he called it gas or gas, something? Yeah. yeah. Gas if you, you don't, If you don't smoke weed, you don't use the term gas. No, not at, at all. all. Like no, that's a pretty common term. No, it's no, it not is. with weed smokers. Yeah, yeah it I've is. Heard it. I've As heard a weed a smoker, you've heard, heard it a lot. Yeah. How about we're walking around outside of PNC Park for opening day, and Tom goes, "Mmm, that's loud." Yeah, Crowley and I look at each other like he's speaking a foreign language. Like we don't even hear anything. We're like, "What's loud?" He's like, "That you don't smell that." Like loud, loud. So as we're talking about it during the break, this just shows how out of touch I am. I go, "Didn't you tell me that that weed was?" It made a loud sound or something. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> Kids don't do drugs. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. We'll get your J.R. Smith moments as we continue to trek along in this program. I've also got a Twitter poll up at underscore Adam Crowley. Your worst teammate that you could have. Which one would it be? Is it the not clutch field goal kicker? Is it the goalie who is mentally fragile? Is it the bad closer in baseball, or is it J.R. Smith? <laughs> he's, got to, to, he's in his own category there. We got Josh Yoey coming up in about nine minutes here on the Crowley Show. I do got to slide in some puck. I got to slide in some puck here. That's what we do here. We uh, do we, puck. We I do mean... puck all the time. We, I just spent the last hour and 11 minutes talking about a little baseball, but mostly the NBA. So I'm itching, baby. I'm, oh, I need to get back to my puck talk. Yeah, it's a big game coming up. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, never mind. No, I want to talk about Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan and how there might be a disconnect there. I'm not saying that there's a huge problem, but I'm saying we might see the uh, start of a little problem here. Follow me for a second. I'm not trying to run either guy out of town. Let's not do that. Oh, Crowley, bad media. I'm, I'm merely asking a question here. They getting along? They on the same page? I mean, they won back-to-back Stanley Cups. That's two out of three. That ain't bad. But they seem to squabble on Matt Hunwick, who didn't play very much down the stretch for the Penguins. Uh, Instead, uh, they were playing Chad Ruedel. Ryan Reeves was getting no ice time, despite the fact that it seemed like Jim Rutherford brought him in to play him more minutes. So there's a disconnect. At the end of the season... Jim Rutherford said that Daniel Sprong is going to be part of the team, but Daniel Sprong wasn't playing in the playoffs. 
It didn't seem like Daniel Sprong was getting a second look at all from Jim Rutherford, or pardon me, from Mike Sullivan in the playoffs. So, is there a disconnect there? At the end of the season, they had comments that conflicted about Phil Kessel, about the injury, and what effect that that had on his performance. Mike Sullivan said it didn't have an effect. Jim Rutherford said he's been battling injury all year. There's a disconnect there as far as I'm concerned. Doesn't mean that there's a schism. That sports word we like to throw around all the time. It's a schism. There's a big problem. The locker room is fractured. The administration's fractured. There's a schism. No. But are they not seeing eye to eye? And that's going to happen. You're going to have general managers who are going to think highly of a player and coaches who aren't and vice versa because they both are opinionated. They obviously both do a good job and they both have their own thoughts on a given player. But is it starting to happen a little too much with these Penguins? Now, that being said, Jim Rutherford went back on the Kessel stuff in an article with Jason Mackey. He went back on it a little bit and said, eh, maybe injury, eh, not so bad. Eh, maybe that's not what affected him. So maybe he's coming back to Mike Sullivan on that point of contention. But perhaps there's a lot of other stuff going on that eh, might have them not seeing eye to eye. I'm just floating it out there. I'm not saying it's definitely happened. I'm not saying that they're going to stab each other in their sleep. I'm not saying that they don't like each other. I'm not saying it doesn't work because it does work. I got a damn good hockey club. I am saying it's crossed my mind. And we'll talk to Josh Yoey about that coming up next. And then we're back to the NBA. Can you believe I'm saying that? On the Crowley Show? On ESPN Pittsburgh. Dan tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Remember when the Pens took three straight delay game penalties against the Capitals in Game 6 in 2016? That's pretty J.R. Smith-like. That's not stupidity. That was accidental. But that is bad. That is choke job city. It didn't cost them. They went to overtime. They won the game. They won the series. They won the cup. But it could have been devastating. Absolutely devastating. And it wasn't just one guy. Had a couple of guys. There was one moment, and this is going back uh, maybe 2011, where Matt Cook shot the puck when he was in his defensive zone out of play in the opposing team's end when killing a penalty. He was trying to ice it for the PK, and he just shot it into the net. That's a penalty. That's dumb, too. Again, accident, but also dumb. Josh Yoey's not dumb. He writes for The Athletic. Only smart people work there. He joins us now on the show. Josh, how are you? I'm not too bad. I appreciate the very kind introduction as well. You're not dumb. That's a very nice introduction. Progress. Yeah. People don't introduce me that way. Uh, Josh, <laughs> uh, I've got a theory, or more so a question. Uh, it's Yeah, okay, so it's a theory. Are Jim Rutherford and... Mike Sullivan maybe not seeing eye to eye as much as maybe they did earlier on in their tenure. Um, there's some evidence to suggest that that's a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's true. When, when you look at the past year in particular, um, Jim Rutherford goes out and gets Ryan Reeves. Well, 
it was pretty clear after a very short order of time that Mike Sullivan wasn't interested in playing Ryan Reeves. And, you know, there's about three or four examples of this where, yeah, I think they perhaps have been on slightly different pages. And, and that came to a head, certainly, uh, at the last press conference of the season after they lost to the Capitals when Jim Rutherford said, ah, Phil's been playing through injuries and blah, blah, blah. And then Mike Sullivan says that uh, there was nothing significantly wrong with Phil Kessel. Like, we all kind of looked at each other in the press conference area and said perhaps they should have spoken with each other before this press conference to make sure they were publicly on the same page. Yeah, and it seemed like... That might have changed a little bit recently. I've seen Jim Rutherford is quoting as saying maybe uh, it didn't affect Phil as much. Uh, and I'm I'm wondering if now maybe they are seeing more eye-to-eye on Kessel whenever you hear some reports from Mark Madden and the like that maybe he's being shot. Well, yeah. I mean, and the Kessel story is very interesting in general. I don't know if you saw Pierre LeBrun, my uh, co-worker with The Athletic, just spoke with Jim about an hour ago, in fact, and you know, Jim said that he's not trying to trade Phil Kessel. We can't guarantee that it's not going to happen if someone makes <laughs> the right offer. And, and Pierre mentioned the L.A. Kings as a team that might be interested in Kessel, in fact. But, um, yeah, it's clear to me that, especially with certain personalities, guys like Kessel, Cole, Daniel Sprung, these are all kind of eccentric personality guys, um, free spirits, if you will. And Jim Rutherford is drawn to those kind of guys. He likes all of them. Um, Mike Sullivan doesn't. Mike Sullivan likes guys who are a little more robotic, a little more in the Sidney Crosby mold. And, uh, yeah, because of that, I think there is a little bit of a conflict there. Does, does that mean the coach and the GM are on completely opposite pages here? Not necessarily. But it's an interesting talking point moving forward. I, I will say that. Well, what's your sense of their relationship, just from having talked to the guys over the last couple of years? Do you feel like they've, I mean, obviously they won two Stanley Cups together, uh, so they have to have a good enough working relationship, but uh, do you think that there's ever any tension between them, and would it be spoken about if there was? I've never sensed any. Uh, In fact, um, from my observations, they're pretty darn close. Um, Although I have always had the feeling that Sullivan is kind of the alpha figure in the relationship, even though Jim is technically his boss. I do think Rutherford defers to Sullivan quite often, but I think they're really close. Uh, I remember after the first cup in 16, I think it was, yeah, I was out in Vegas for the NHL awards. It was literally 115 degrees that day, and I was on the phone with Rutherford, and I said, what are you doing today? He said, I'm going golfing. I said, Jim, you're 68 years old. It's 115 degrees. What the hell are you doing? And he said, trust me, I know, but Sully wants to go golfing, so we're going golfing. <laughs> that, that kind of epitomizes the relationship. What Sully wants, Sully usually gets, I find. So um, I, I think in general they get along, but there's some philosophical differences there. I think that's fair. Well, and now maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe that's a good thing then. Maybe it's it's better that they don't view everything the same way. You don't want to get tunnel vision. It's good to have those checks and balances. No, I think that's fair. And I think they have a lot of it's Billy Garen, let me tell you something. That, that, that's a guy with a strong personality. He chimes in. I guarantee you he doesn't always agree with, with Mike Sullivan or with Mark Recky or Jacques Martin or, or Jim Rutherford. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And one thing I will say for Jim Rutherford, uh, more times than not, um, he, he just finds a way to properly balance uh, situations like these. He's so good at dealing with people. Yes, he's the boss, but boy, does he know how to delegate. So I, I don't think there's any kind of a crisis situation here with this group. But, you know, when you lose in the playoffs, these uh, things tend to happen in Pittsburgh. It's just the way it is. 
Josh Yoey joining us here from The Athletic on the Crowley Show. Uh, we were talking about the NBA too much today, so I needed to get some hockey talk in, Josh. Uh, the question now is, how different are these Penguins going to look when the season opens up next year? Do you have a sense that they're going to be very different? No, I don't think they'll be exceedingly different. Um, and in fact, I bet you the, the blue line looks almost the same. They might add one defenseman. I don't see anything drastic happening there. Really, why would there be? Uh, they've pretty much gone on record as saying they want Crystal Tang to take the summer and try to become Crystal Tang again. And everyone else, Dumoulin, and Schultz, Holy Mata, um, Alexiak, that's a good blue line. That's a bunch of solid players who are all pretty young. So I don't see any big changes there at all. I do think they will add a couple of forwards, uh, preferably guys who are under 30. I really get the sense from talking with Jim Rutherford that he wants this team to get a little younger. And I don't mean entering a rebuilding process. I just mean getting a couple of guys who are younger, a little more energy. I think he feels like this team did not have enough energy, and that's partially because it's played so much hockey. And it's also partially because I think sometimes – Guys lose their hunger a little bit when they've already won multiple cups. You want to get some guys who haven't won anything before. That that can be a weapon for a team, and, and I think he feels like their forwards need a little bit of jump in that regard. Does my man Michael Grabner, at 30 years old, qualify as young? Uh, you know, it's funny. I do a Q&A every week, and every week somebody asks me, what free agent out there would look good with the Penguins? And I always say, by God, Michael Grabner, that's <sighs> too. I um, mean, seriously, you talk about a guy stylistically who would be a perfect fit. And I, I realize he might not come cheap, but imagine him and Carl Hagelin killing penalties together. You think that would scare some teams? Imagine him playing with Crosby or Malkin. Uh, yeah, and such a good defensive player, too. And, and the Penguins do have some issues with forwards who don't particularly enjoy playing defense and grab They're such a responsible two-way player. I think he would be perfect, and I promise you he's on their wish list. I don't know how likely it is. I suspect he would have to take less money to come to Pittsburgh. But, yeah, they of course they loved him. Why wouldn't they? The John Tavares stuff that was floated out just made me laugh. I mean, how? I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense in any regard. It didn't, even, it didn't even make me laugh. And I like to think I have a good sense of humor. But I just thought to myself, oh, God, now I'm going to have to deal with all these John Tavares <laughs> questions for the next month. Including yeah, from Adam Crowley on the radio. Yeah, well, no, I like you. It's okay. I just, um, <laughs> no, it, I, I, I think it was Elliot Friedman that, that mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I just... I like Elliot. It's nothing personal, but I just don't know where that came from or why John Tavares would want to be a third-line center in Pittsburgh or, you know, John Tavares is going to get eight or nine million dollars a year from you know, somewhere else for, for eight years. That's who he is. He's one of the ten best players in hockey. He's not coming to Pittsburgh. I, I don't think that's even on the radar, but um, it, I don't know what it is about the Penguins. It just seems like there's always these wild rumors about the Penguins anytime, you know, that they, they don't win a championship. I think three or four years ago it was, oh, this is the summer Malkin gets traded. And they were never going to trade of Getty Malkin. Um, just like they're not going to acquire John Tavares. And I do think they'll make a move or two this season. I, I wouldn't expect any huge free agency, uh, moves from the Penguins. They just don't have the salary cap space to do a lot of that. But I would expect a trade or two, absolutely. But uh, I don't think goal number 91 is coming to Pittsburgh. It would be a hell of a story if he did, but I'm not going to bet on it. Well, no, I wouldn't bet on it either. And then there's the whole, where does he fit in? I mean, is he going to play wing? Are you going to move Broussard to wing? Is Broussard going to be moved out to bring him in? I don't even, I, you know, let's not even do it. Josh Joey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, last thing here for you, Josh, so we can get back to our hard-hitting NBA talk. Uh, is Tristan Jari going to be the backup goalie to start next year? And if not, I mean, how valuable a trade piece can he be with, 
a lot of teams having pretty good goalie depth in the minor leagues. You're not going to ask me about J.R. Smith. I'm very disappointed, I'll have you know. But um, <laughs> to answer your question, uh, I think it's possible that Jari starts the season as a backup. But I'm telling you, they love Casey DeSmith. That wow. they absolutely do. And I, I would put my money on him starting the season as a backup, although I think it'll be a competition between the two. It's possible Jari will be dealt, but they're not against dealing him. Two things to keep in mind, however. Uh, number one, Jim Rutherford has been burned by goalie injury so many times because of Cam Ward. He loves having depth at that position, and they know Matt Murray gets hurt a lot. So I don't think they're going to be quick to trade any more goalies after they traded Gustafson in the Broussard trade. And also, keep in mind, you know they're not going to do anything wild this summer. And they know for a fact that Tristan Jari, while he is a good prospect, most teams have a Tristan Jari right. kind of prospect. He's not that good of a prospect. The teams are going to go crazy for him. So I don't really know what his value would be. So, yes, it's possible, but it's not a stunt deal at all. And there's, there's nothing wrong with stockpiling young goaltenders until the time is right. Josh, as a child, as a kid playing sports, did you ever have a J.R. Smith moment? Um, Gosh. No, I mean, that was a particularly unique moment. It certainly was. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I thought I, I was a pretty good baseball player. Um, I don't recall having a moment quite like that, however. And we all had embarrassing moments in sports, but um, that, that was that was special what he did, I have to say. And LeBron's reaction was really what made it. Oh, it made it so much better. That's going to live forever. That is the new crying Jordan for the rest of time. Yeah, how about LeBron wearing those shorts with his suit last night? How did you feel about that? Well, I'm wearing shorts right now, and I've got a long sleeve T-shirt on, so I guess I'm on Team LeBron. All right. Well, you do what you got to do. I respect your fashion sense. You're a handsome man. Whoa! All right. You too, yo. Yeah. Throw that out there. Yeah. That out there. Yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, Smart guy telling you that. I'm gonna send you. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a text, and maybe we can work something out with my wife. Never mind. Uh, see you later, Josh. Appreciate the time, my friend. Oh no. <laughs> you got it. Josh Yoey. What did you <laughs> just letter. do? What was that at the end there? There was a DK thing. That's what I did. Oh, no. What did you do just there? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I was trying to be a little bit more veiled. I love Josh. I am good looking. I guess you do. Don't just <laughs> offer that up to people you don't love. Hey, what day is it? Is it Friday? Yeah, it means you're going to hook up with your favorite beat writer. Oh, no. For free. It's Beat Writer Friday. There's a way we can go with this. Yeah, we better stop oh, we right better now. stop right now. God, oh, man. Turn that switch off. Yeah, don't say what's in front of a writer. Don't say what's in front of a writer. Beat. Don't say what's in front of a writer. Coming up next, who's going to be the Pirates' closer? Does it even matter? I don't think it does. And do you feel a little bit bad for J.R. Smith? It's Crowley Show. It's time to shop hundreds of specials at Macy's, plus thousands of new markdowns in-store and online. Men's designer suits, 40 to 60% off. 350 thread count sheet sets, $18.99. Small appliances, $9.99 after $10 manufacturer's mailed rebate. And luggage, 60 to 65% off. Or save 10 to 20% with your Macy's Carter Savings Pass. It's time to shop now through Monday at Macy's. Extra savings exclude specials, savings off sale prices, exclusions apply. It's unacceptable to offer a three-way to a beat writer coming on the show, man. You can't do that at all.
Yes, I can. Well, I'll just, I'll just. No, you can't. I mean, if you're going to do it off the air, that's the kind of stuff that gets you right in the middle of Deadspin. You cannot do that at all. Well, I'll you just can't get in that kind of trouble. I'll Gotta just keep... be the managing editor of the show, and Dale Lolly can fill in for me. One last follow-up on the Phil Kessel trading rumors. That's how you pronounce it in Canada. There's a U in there. Rumors. On that piece in The Athletic, Jim Rutherford said, I'm not going to say we won't trade him. And yet some right now are acting as if he completely dismissed it out of hand. He did not. I was just looking it over during the break. He absolutely did not say he will not trade Phil Kessel. In fact, he said he can't promise that he won't trade Phil Kessel, which means to me, like, it's a possibility. Maybe a big one. If someone asked about Sidney Crosby, what would he say? No. Malkin, no. Phil Kessel? Well, I'm not going to tell you he'll definitely be back. That's a pretty big indicator for me from a guy who is always, 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 always candid. Jim Rutherford always says what's on his mind. He's very honest. He called Rob Rossi the ice cream man. He's not going to pull any punches. I just remembered I have to text Rob Rossi back. He texted me the other day. What the hell's wrong with me? But Jim Rutherford is going to tell you what he feels. He's going to tell you what he thinks. So the Phil Kessel rumors, they're not just rumors. They're real. And I believe Mark. I'm always going to believe Mark as he reports on the Penguins. He's tapped in. He knows the guys. He's got sources. I buy it. The guys over at Pittsburgh Hockey now, Mike, Matt Geica, Dan Kingersky, they've got sources. Matt wrote an article just yesterday about how there were two teams that have inquired about Phil Kessel that are bottom feeders in the Eastern Conference. Now there's a report that maybe the Los Angeles Kings are interested. There are teams that are interested. If they blow them away with an offer, they're going to do it. Phil Kessel had 92 points this season again. It's not the end of the world if Phil Kessel gets moved. It's a great thing if Phil Kessel stays. But either way, this is not about the media. This is about what Jim Rutherford and the organization want to do. Period. End of discussion. I wish I didn't say that. Period. End of discussion. I kind of want to keep talking about it. I do. Go ahead. Okay. Um, all right, you guys are absolving me of my period. End of discussion. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's a mistake kind of Friday. You made a mistake. You move on. I'm good. Phil Kessel might not be a Penguin next year, and if he's not, it's not the media's fault. Period. End of discussion. Stop using that. This time wasn't a mistake. Oh, okay. It wasn't J.R. Smith-like. Okay, we're done then. We're done. Game's over. We're good. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the score is, but I know the game's over. That much I know. Game's over, don't know the score. Do you feel bad for J.R. Smith? Me? Yeah. And the audience. Oh, no. Everything J.R. Smith did to himself last night was done to himself. He's an idiot, dude. You're game one. NBA Finals. How the hell? I mean, how in the hell do you not know the freaking score? CTE. CT weed? I mean, seriously, that stoner should have known the freaking score. He didn't know where the basket was most of the game, so you, he should have at least known the score. Does anybody feel bad for J.R. Smith? Anybody? No. His mom? No one feels bad. His mom hates him more than she ever has. <laughs> Dad? No. How about 
Well, no one on the team. No Cavs fans. Maybe maybe Golden State Warriors fans laugh and say, we won the game, so we feel a little bit bad for J.R. Smith. No, I I, even them. Okay, so even if there there might have been a little window, a little tiny window where you could say, oh, man, J.R., that sucks. But then he comes out after the game and go, no, I knew the score. No, you didn't. If you did, I would love to have the explanation of why you ran backwards like that then. Uh, he uh... Would you have felt bad for him if after the game he said, yeah, I did forget the score and I'm an idiot and I just cost our team a chance at getting up one nothing in this series that nobody says we have a chance in? Would you feel a little bit bad for him then? Okay, let me revise my last statement. No, I wouldn't have felt bad for him at all. Not at all. Not nope. at all. You know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to break this down because you're not being very clear. I'm not? Yeah. Oh, let me be very clear. Very, very clear. Okay, you ready? J.R. Smith is a complete idiot. His head was out of the game. He's sitting there playing with the greatest player of this generation and maybe all time. Right there. Fifty one freaking points. Eight and eight on top of that. And he can't pay attention for three. I, he should never see the court again. I did not know that J.R. Smith was playing with Javon Carter. Tom, you haven't been exactly oh. vocal on this subject. I mean, do you think that J.R. Smith, would you have felt different about J.R. Smith had he come out afterwards <laughs> and been honest? No. Are you kidding me? It's what Brian just said. He's the biggest idiot on the face of the earth. He shouldn't even be allowed to play basketball anymore. Not for another team. They should kick him out of the league. All leagues. Internationally, too. J.R. Smith should never even be allowed to look at a basketball again. And on top of that, they should take his driver's license away. Yes. They should take any kind of like responsibility in his life that he has, put him in a padded room and be like, you know what, dude? You're not ready for society. If you're that freaking dumb... You're going to hurt somebody eventually. So preemptively, we're just going to take you out of the equation because we don't want you screwing up the rest of us. All right, we got to be careful with Brian now. He's pretty fired yeah, up. I'm sorry. I'm, hey, like, I'm getting on the line of things up. I can and can't say. Am I, I'll back off. You're sorry. good. No, you're good. John mm-hmm. tweets at underscore Adam Grelly. Everyone is giving JR a hard time, but how about the guy that almost airballed the free throw? Just make the dang free throw, and it's possibly game over. There were three moments in this game that could have made the game go in Cleveland's way. The charge, not charge, slash review. The missed free throw on the back end. And then the J.R. Smith running to East Kabumbly with the ball as time expired. Which one pisses you off most if you're a Cavs fan, I wonder? Oh. Well, it's a whole, like... Is it J.R. again? Are you about to go back in on J.R.? Well, you can't... I want to, but you kind of got to follow the whole thing. Like, imagine you're a Cavs fan. Like, look, we're all NBA fans, casual NBA fans, because our teams aren't in that. I mean, maybe, maybe if anything, Tom, because he's a huge LeBron fan. But as a Cavs fan, like, it's all these ranges of emotion that you're going through. Your team was down by almost 10. You're coming back. You're within two. Now it's tied. And you're watching this. You watch the charge happen, and that pisses you off. And then at the end of all of that, adding injury to insult, there's Jr. So I think at the very end, JR's the worst thing on their on their mind at that point. That's gotta piss you off more than anything. And then you gotta think about what happens in overtime. Yes. Oh my god. You knew whenever LeBron's throwing his arms in the air that they're not gonna win the game. I mean, you just know the way that they choked that away, the way that J.R. Smith choked it away in the missed free throw. You knew. 
you knew they weren't going to win. But then to be a Cleveland fan and not even have a shot in overtime, then you got to be real pissed off. For me, the thing that bothers me most is J.R. Smith. But it's a close second, I think, for me, the charge-not-charge call. Not because I think that they got it egregiously wrong. I think it could have gone either way. I do think that they did get it wrong, the more I think about it now. But the fact that you can review it in the last two minutes, the fact that the entire game there are questionable fouls being called left and right, left and right, left and right, and those don't get reviewed, but there's two minutes left, and then they review that one? That sucks. That pisses me off, man. The NBA's stupid for doing it that way. You're telling me that fouls at the beginning of the game don't mean as much as fouls at the end of the game? Right, right. Uh, We're talking about two points in a game that was tied going to overtime. All two points matter. And you pointed this out. They could have called a foul on, was it Tristan Thompson? Green, it was green. It was green. Yeah. They could have called a foul on him on the same play. Yeah, we were watching that today, and we're like trying to go over, is that a charge, is that or not? First of all, shouldn't be reviewable at all. I mean, the reviewable thing is crazy. Foul just calls like you should said. never be reviewable. Yeah, I mean, that's just a slope you do not want to start sliding down because it'll just get ugly, and you want to make games faster in a society where attention spans are shorter. You can't start to do that sort of thing. But as we're going over the video and we're looking at it, look down, and it's like, Green fouled him before the charge even happened or the block or whatever the hell it was. But there was a foul there. He got him on the wrist. He got up under him a little bit. I mean, there was a foul to be caught. Now, it wasn't called, and I'm good with it being missed because uh, it led to other stuff. But if they miss that, they miss that, and that's what it is. That's sports. If you're going to review foul calls in the last two minutes, then there should be challenges to review foul calls throughout. Or better yet, you don't allow challenging a foul call. No, and I'm good with reviewing things like a buzzer beater. Let's, did it leave the hand? It, that's good. A shot clock violation, end of a game, that sort of thing, I'm all good I'm with. I'm okay with out-of-bounds stuff, too, because to me, that's pretty black and white. Maybe out-of-bounds, too. I'd give you that, yeah. But anything that's somewhat subjective... I don't want there to be a review. Just like, I know it's in the rule book what's supposed to be a foul, what's not a foul, but each guy calls it a little bit differently. I don't like that being reviewed. I don't like, if it were to happen in the NFL, a holding call to be reviewed. Any penalty should not be reviewed. That, to me, is utterly ridiculous. Let's go to Devin. Back again on the Crowley Show. Hey, Devin. What's going on, man? I was rocking and rolling that thing. My cousin had a party at the bar, dude. I was gone. LeBron was doing his thing. One of the best performances he ever put on. And then with the the thing that made me mad was they reversing that, that charge, man. That's like watching the NFL. And they go to review to see if uh, a wide receiver had two feet in. And then when they come back, they call offensive pass interference. Yes. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. how could you say you were trying to see if he was outside of the restricted circle and then be like, oh no, he, he blocked. Well, that right, was crazy, and man. so then, so where's that slippery slope end, too, right? If he's yeah, at terrible. the top of the key, can they say, oh, is he in the restricted area? He's got long legs. Is Kevin Durant's <laughs> right leg in the restricted area? I mean, what are you supposed to do? Dude, it makes me so sad because it's like he got to beat four All-Stars, the refs, and his own teammates. <laughs> he's gone, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Devin Thanks, knows. Devin. You'd be good, buddy. Thank you. I think most of America, right when that happened, was like, "Yeah, LeBron's gone." The text, the text you sent came after like the second three pointer from the Warriors in overtime. You were like, "LeBron's out of there. It's over. It's done." Why would you want to be around that? You would not. (laughs) That that was very well put in 
for two different points there by our friend Devin. The first one, it is like you're reviewing one thing and you change the other, which is just just stupid. It's like NHL stupid. And the second point that he made that was great is that we all know LeBron has to carry his Island of Misfit toys to the NBA yeah. championship yeah. every damn year. But then they're reviewing calls. They're they're kind of jerry-rigging the rules there, uh, dancing around him a little bit. He's got a battle with that. Then his stupid-ass teammate misses the free throw. And then, I mean. And then don't forget about Hill. I mean, we forget about Hill through this whole thing. He was He sucked. I mean, he's fighting everything. Kevin Love can't play defense. It's, I mean, my God, there, there is. I don't see any plausible way that he stays in Cleveland. None, none. Well, and they're sure as bleep not going to win the series. I, if I'm him, I'd have left last night. Like right after there, I'd, I'd grab my bag, I'd walked out of locker room on my short shorts uh, suit thing, and I'd have gone right home. I wouldn't even have gotten on the bus. I'd have called an Uber. You know what I'd be doing? I'd be. Doing that, I'd be walking out into every single guy. I'd be saying, "Be better tomorrow." That's what I'd be saying. Actually, I'd kind of be like, like in the I forget the movie, but it was like Jim Brewer. Oh, it was a it was a movie that Tom would like. What's that pot smoking movie, Tom? Half baked. Yeah, half baked. That movie where he's walking out is like, "You suck, you suck, f you, f you." I'm out of here. You're cool. Bye. I knew Tom knew that movie. He nailed it, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pot smoking movie. Teaching Chuck. He knew exactly which one. He did. Pineapple Express? (laughs) But for real, I I mean, how can you, as LeBron, how can you take this seriously? How can you look again and say, all right, next year I'm willing to come back? Because they can't. I mean, they're not. They're not going to be able to get enough pieces in there to make them stay. I mean, they'd have to bring in half the Warriors to make LeBron want to stay at at the Cavs. Talk to free agents. Talk to guys that you'd want to play with and control your own destiny. Don't allow the Cleveland front office to go out there and try to add anything around you. You be the guy who can add. Right. You be the guy who can control what's going to happen. And as long as he stays in the Eastern Conference, they should be able to go to the finals with LeBron James. Not being said, Cleveland's only, or pardon me, who that's not happening, but Boston's only going to get better next year uh, whenever they get a couple of big-time players back, uh, Gordon and uh, Kyrie Irving. Philadelphia might be my landing spot if I'm LeBron. And you know that's a great point because Philadelphia right now, LeBron may be in a point in a part or in a, in a stage where he'll be able to pick his own uh, president of basketball operations. <laughs> I mean, that, that may, he may very well be able to just start the slate clean. Dude, Coangelo's gone, so hey, you know, I, LeBron, who do you need? If you're coming here, we'll put whoever you want. Yeah, there. that's good. That's a really good point, and. It, now, this thing from a Philadelphia perspective, because we're diving deep into this NBA talk now, you got to consider, if LeBron James sticks around in the East, he doesn't come to Philadelphia, and I guess it really doesn't make sense to go anywhere else other than Philadelphia or Boston in the East, I don't think, but if he goes somewhere else other than those two, Philadelphia could have could trust the process as much as they want, but it doesn't matter because LeBron James is going to stand in your way, and that great Boston team with a great coach is going to stand in your way too. Coming up next, I keep putting this one off. Do the Pirates need to do something to closer. Does it even matter? And we're going to hear from Jerry Dulac during the break. That's right. He's uh, from Seven Springs. Is that where he is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Golfing on the Crowley Show.